going to continue on this morning in our sermon series, Life is a Journey. Life is a Journey. And this morning, the title is Pit Stop. Pit Stop. I thought about some pit stops or some rest areas on I-81 that uh, for some reason I have childhood memories of. We would go to Pigeon Fords quite a bit, and there's one pit stop or one rest area, rest stop in particular with the big guitar that's out either across the road or right near there, and that's just embedded in my brain as a childhood memory, life-size gigantic. You've probably seen it off the interstate, but a, a pit stop, a rest area, a place to refresh ourselves, a place to rest and re-energize. In NASCAR racing, there are pit areas. In the pit areas, they equip the cars for the rest of the race, right? They go in, they stop briefly, but they're equipping it so that the car can go back out and finish more of the race or maybe even finish the entirety of the race. Sometimes we've been known to say, maybe you've been known to use this expression, I need to take a break or I need a pit stop. I need to rest a little bit. The connotation of a pit stop a lot of times or a rest area is relief or refreshment or renewal prior to getting back out or getting back after it, so to speak. But today we see that not all pit stops, not all times of stopping are created equally. Some of these detours or seasons seem to be very positive, a time of refreshing and rest. And it's obvious that it's good in life that we're having this break, so to speak, or it's good that God has put a pause in our lives. But some of these pit stops can seem negative. Sometimes they can seem like, why do I have to stop now or why I'm on the sidelines right now when I would rather be living life, when I'd rather be getting after it, so to speak, but I find myself needing to rest or I find myself in a, in a sick bed or I find myself in a situation where I just can't move forward and I'm just stuck for now. Not all pit stops are created equally. It's when normal living is interrupted. But we're going to see, biblically speaking, these times in our lives are Necessary. These times are needed. And we're going to see this morning in the story of Joseph that even in these times when we're seemingly on the sidelines, so to speak, how many knows God is with us? God is with us. Not only is God with us, God is working in us. And this journey of life, the series is called Life is a Journey. This journey of life is about the fact that God is working not just For us, but more importantly, in us. This journey is about what God is doing on the inside of us. It's not about all the external things that many times, if we aren't careful, we'll put our minds on, our focus on, but God is working in us. And how many knows, not only is God working in us, not only is God with us, but God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful to me. God is faithful to you. God is faithful. So the goal that I have in this series, and I mentioned it last week, and I'll use this phrase again this morning, that we as Christians, as believers, gain in our minds and in our hearts a fresh, healthy perspective on life. A fresh healthy perspective on living. I refuse to live in despair. How about you this morning? 
I refuse to live in depression. I refuse to live a life that's disillusioned. I refuse to remain in a state of discouragement. I choose rather to live in a fresh, healthy perspective on my life. Now listen, on the other end of the spectrum, hear this pastor this morning. I also refuse to live on the other end of the spectrum of wishful thinking, of, I'll call it this, name it and claim it mindset. I refuse to go there too. I want to live in a healthy, fresh, biblical perspective on my life, knowing that God is with me, God is working in me, God is for me, and God is faithful to me. And sometimes he leads me into a pit area, a pit stop. He puts me on the sidelines, but even during those times, my God is faithful to me. I want to live my life with a perspective that is founded on a mature interpretation of the Holy Scriptures. A mature interpretation of the Holy Scriptures. And furthermore, a mature relationship with the Holy Spirit. What a way to live life, right? What a way to live life. If I, if I know the word of God and I put it in my heart and I put his word in my mind and I'll decide I'm going to live in a mature manner after God's word. If I, if I take and say, I know the Holy Spirit, he is with me. I have fellowship with him. And I'm going to cultivate a mature Christian relationship with the Holy Spirit. What a way to live my life based on those principles. When I do that, I can rest. How many like rest? Amen. Rest. We, we had a sick child in the household last night. There wasn't as much rest going on as maybe we would have liked. But how many likes rest? I want to rest in the sovereign care of the Word of God and of the Holy Spirit. Rest, that internal state. When, and when the external things are not working out the way I had planned or when I'm not exactly sure what God is doing on the external, I can rest on the inside, resting upon his promises, resting upon his word, resting in the power of the Holy Spirit, resting, if I could say it this way, in my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I have said this, I don't know how many times have I said this in recent weeks and just hammered in on that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But let me just let me just hammer that rock one more time this morning. Do you know Jesus Christ and do you know him in a personal, intimate relationship? I want to rest in my relationship with Jesus Christ. A balanced Mature mindset, a balanced, mature emotional state, a fresh and a healthy perspective on life and living. First point starts with this, the Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. Today as we continue on in this sermon series about the story of Joseph, Joseph from the Old Testament, Joseph out of the book of Genesis. We see as we go through this series, and as maybe you have read or heard this story before, Joseph, his ups, and Joseph, his downs of life. But from a little child all the way to his destiny, the Lord was with Joseph. Every step of the way, the Lord was with Joseph. And Joseph was able to live with grace and to maintain his integrity 
And what an incredible example. Perhaps Joseph may be the best example of Christ and Christ living in the whole Old Testament. I don't know. We could, maybe we could debate that. But Joseph is an incredible example of living for God as we see that the Lord was with him. Look at Genesis 39 and 2. And the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, Potiphar, the Egyptian. You see, Joseph was on his way to the dream that God had given him. But he still wasn't there even in Genesis 39 and 2. If I could back up the train, I could remind all of us that even as a young lad, a tattletale, if you start the chapter off, Maybe he went, maybe he meant well, I don't know, but nobody really likes a tattletale now, do they? I mean, just, that might be the only mark I have against Joseph in all of these chapters. But it said he brought a report back from the field about his brothers as a child to his parents, and they already didn't really like him. Well, they really didn't start liking him then. But God was with Joseph even as that little immature child. Think about that. God was with him. God was with Joseph when his dad made that coat of many colors. And, and no doubt Joseph felt all the wonderful pride and, and fellowship with his dad over that. But then he didn't realize the scorn and the hatred that he was going to face from his brothers because of that. But God was with Joseph. God was with Joseph when he had the dreams that showed that one day his family would bow down to him and one day he would rule. God was with him as those dreams were being sparked in his mind and in his heart. And even when his family questioned those things, even his dad, who loved him very much, said, Will your mother and I indeed also bow down to you? Even his dad was wondering a little bit about these God-given dreams. But God was with Joseph. God was with Joseph when he went out in the field that day and his brothers stripped that coat off of him and threw him down into a pit. They wanted to kill him, but Brother Reuben saved his life that day and said, let's just torture him a little bit, but don't kill him. They threw him into the pit. Good old Brother Reuben. God was with him. God was with him when Reuben had left the field and the merchants came through and they got Joseph out of the pit and sold their own brother like a piece of property to a bunch of traders, God was still with Joseph and the dream didn't die. God was with Joseph when he was taken to Egypt and sold into slavery and ended up in Potiphar's house here in Genesis 39. God was with him all the way. And what is my point this morning? God is with me and God is with you. And God has called you and God has called me and God has placed dreams and God has placed goals and God has placed things in our hearts and in our minds. And if they are God-given, God's going to be with us and he's going to see us through to the victory. Potiphar promoted Joseph because he saw that the Lord was with him. In fact, the Lord was with Joseph so significantly that not only did God bless Joseph... But God blessed all of Potiphar's house because of Joseph. And Potiphar saw that and Potiphar takes this slave, this Hebrew slave, and puts him over everything in his house. Everything except for his woman. (laughs) Leave my woman alone. Right? Leave my woman alone. He put him over everything else because God was with him. But not only was God with Joseph, God was watching Joseph. 
Do you know this? New promotions, new opportunity, new successes will bring with them, not can, not might, will bring with them new temptations. Sometimes the enemy trips us up the most after we've had the most success. Sometimes the enemy is able to knock us down easier after we've experienced a little bit of achievement in our lives. And then the enemy is able to get a foothold or trip us up. And Joseph was promoted into this great place, the highest position he'd ever found himself in. And that's when the new strong, very strong temptation came against Joseph. You know, as we progress in the Lord, the enemy doesn't like that. And as you begin taking steps towards where God has called you to be and be who God has called you to be, rest assured the enemy's going to try to mess that up. He's going to try to stop that momentum. And new promotions many times will bring new temptations along with them. But we must remember the Lord is watching. Now, I could go on a tangent right there, and I could just go all down this path of how the Lord is watching to take care of me, right? And to provide for me, and to protect me, and to lift me up, and to bless me, and to to take care of all of my problems, and to take me through. All of that's true. The Lord is watching over me to do all of those things. But I want to take it this way this morning as well. The Lord is watching me to observe my character. The Lord was watching Joseph to observe his character. Oh, yes, the Lord is watching out for me. Yes, the Lord's watching me to take care of my needs. But the Lord is watching us to observe our character. And Potiphar's wife, the first desperate housewife. (laughs) Potiphar's wife began to eye this Hebrew slave boy and while she was watching young and the restless and there'd be a commercial break she would say wonder where Joseph is at I hope you don't watch young and the restless where's Joseph at she began day by day to seek out Joseph to find Joseph and to tempt Joseph Lie with me, right? Lie with me. Come and be with me over and over again. And you've got to understand, we've got to understand something. This is a young man. This is a man who's gone through a hard, hard journey. This is a man who could have easily said, I deserve this. I got sold away by my brothers. I'm in this land away from home and everything I know. And if finally I can have a little bit of pleasure, by goodness, I think I deserve this. But Joseph had integrity on the inside of his heart. And Joseph knew that God was watching him. You see, temptation will come. But the Bible said that in every temptation, the Lord has given us a way of escape. We can fight against temptation. We can win the war against temptation. It's not a sin to be tempted, amen? But it's when we yield to that temptation. But the Bible tells us God gives us a way of escape in every temptation. And we can fight against temptation. We can win the battle against temptation. But let me add a footnote. Let me put a little asterisk there. Is that right, English teacher? Asterisk right there. When it comes to sexual temptation, 
hit the road, Jack. And don't come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Right? Right? The, 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 when you study out temptation in the New Testament, there, there are ways to fight temptation, win temptation, all of these things that we might be tempted with. But when it comes to sexual temptation, get out of Dodge. Flee, the Bible says. Flee, run, get away from it. Tells me a little bit of something about sexual temptation as opposed to the other temptation. Right? Flee. Hit the road, Jack. Don't come back no more, no more. Because we are weak in that area. That, that is a temptation unlike any other. And the Bible says, flee from sexual sin. Run away from it. And that's what Joseph did. Look, Genesis 39 and verse 9. Genesis 39 and verse 9. There is no one greater. This is Joseph's response to Potiphar's wife. There is no one greater in this house than I am. And Potiphar has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? God is watching. God is watching. And Joseph right here, there's so much in just that little scripture right there about the integrity that Joseph had and the integrity that you and I should have. One, he was saying, I can't sin and do wrong against Potiphar. This is Potiphar's wife. I've said it a few weeks ago and I'll say it again. We say that our sin only affects ourselves, but that's not true. That is not true. Our sin affects other people. Usually it's the people that are the closest to us that it affects the most. But what about the people that we're sinning against in some way or fashion, right? I don't want to sin against somebody else. I don't want to be a stumbling block against somebody else that would cause them to doubt God or cause them to lose out in their relationship with the Lord. But then he said, how can I sin against God? How can I sin against God? God was watching and Joseph passed the test. Joseph had integrity on the inside. If anybody had a reason to just say, I'm going to give in to this, Joseph would have. But he had integrity. He had character. Joseph did the righteous thing. Joseph acted appropriately. And now let me preach. Because he acted appropriately, God promoted him. God sent him all this extra land. And, and, he, and he, God made him free from Potiphar. And everything just went so great for Joseph. Because Joseph did the right thing. And God just opened the windows of heaven. And he poured out all of these blessings upon Joseph. <laughs> Is that right? No. Joseph did the righteous thing. Joseph acted appropriately, but let's read Joseph's reward. Here's what really happened to Joseph. Genesis 39, 19, and 20. Now when Potiphar, his master, heard the words of his wife, which she spoke to him, saying, This is what your Hebrew did to me. This is what your slave did to me. Potiphar's anger burned. Look at verse 20. So Joseph's master, Potiphar, took Joseph. Here's what really happened. For doing the right thing, he put him in the prison. The place where the king's prisoners were confined. And there he was in the jail or in the prison. Sometimes we do the right thing for the right reasons. But it doesn't seem to work out the right way. 
but God is always with us. God is always working. And in those times, God's plan for us has not changed. In fact, God is working his plan. It's just in a way that you and I do not recognize or do not understand. And you tell me, how can a man be sent by his brothers, sold by his brothers, and then end up over the estate of this high-ranking potter? For that was a miracle in of itself. But tell me, how can a man be thrown into jail after this happened with Potiphar's wife? How can a man be thrown into jail, but eventually that jailhouse is going to lead him to the palace? Now, nobody would have ever guessed that. And sometimes God is working in my life, and sometimes God is working in your life, and we just don't seem to understand the route that God is taking us. We don't understand the pit stop that's happening. We don't understand what the pit crew is doing to our cars while we're sitting there. But God is working. And that was what was happening in Joseph's life. Let, let, me, let me give some practical things before we close house this morning. To be promoted. Joseph's in the jail right now, but he's, as we're going to go through this Life is a Journey series, we're going to see he's going to be promoted. He's going to save maybe millions of lives. He's going to most importantly save the lives of his own family. We'll see all of that happen, but right now he's in the jail waiting for that promotion. To be promoted, there might be more comprehensive list than that I came up with here but for our purposes this morning we need qualifications we need experience we need accessibility right if I if I think of the times that I have applied for jobs through the years and I've applied for bunches of jobs through the years some I got and some I didn't get but when I made that resume I needed to show some experience on that resume when I made that resume I needed to show that I had some qualifications on that resume, and then in order to get the job, somehow I need it to get accessibility, maybe get an interview, and sometimes it's not what you know, but it's who you know, and that's how you get the interview, the accessibility. I mean, let's just be honest, right? But many times God's aligning that, and he's causing that to happen. But qualifications, experience, and accessibility to be promoted, practically speaking, but there's a spiritual connotation. One, let's look at accessibility. Joseph would have never gained access, never would have gained access to the palace where he's headed had he not been in the prison. Because it was, did you notice what the scripture said? It was the king's prison. They didn't send him to the New River Valley Correctional Facility down in Dublin. They sent him to the king's prison. And because he was in the king's prison, he met some people who were from the king's palace. Had he never been in the king's prison, he would have never made it to the king's palace. Sometimes God puts us in some weird spots. Sometimes we find ourselves in some weird locations or around some weird people. No. <laughs> Sometimes we find ourselves in places where we don't understand. But God is just turning the key to gain us the access to our God-given dream. Of where he wants to take us. Accessibility. Joseph would have never gained access to the palace had he not been in the king's prison first. Number two, experience. Joseph would have never been ready to be the number two person over the entirety of Egypt had he not gone through this life's journey that God took him through. That little tattletale kid, that little young man walking around with the coat of many colors, even after he'd received the dream. Just because I received the dream from God doesn't mean I'm ready 
to fulfill the dream. And many times, many times God works that way. Many times he puts something on our hearts so strongly that we know this is God's plan for our lives. This is the destiny. This is what God wants us to do. But many times we're not ready to fulfill it yet. And we have to go through the process. And Joseph would have not had the experience had he not gone through and led Potiphar's house. That gave him management experience, didn't it? It gave him financial experience. It gave him experience managing and leading people, all of those things. And then even in the prison, the experience there. But God was taking him through the process. So accessibility, experience, and then third, qualifications. Now, when I think qualifications on the natural, I think it's proficient in Google Docs and can work on Microsoft Excel and can type 53 words a minute and uh, any number of skill sets that, that we might can, can use PowerPoint and can use technology and all these things that we might think about. But God qualifies us in the kingdom by our heart. And all the while, God was watching Joseph. And all the while, God was seeing this man has what it takes. This man has the goods. This man has integrity. This man has a heart after me. You want to achieve what God wants you to achieve in life? Do you want to be what, who he wants you to be? Do you want to do the things that God has put on your heart? Live righteously. Live righteously. Never underestimate the power of living righteously. Never underestimate. Because God is watching and God is looking for those who he can say, I can promote that person. They can handle more. I can bless that person because they can handle it. That person has integrity in their mind and integrity in their heart. And Joseph was an example of that. And he qualified himself because he maintained a right heart before God. So I'll close with this. Are you prepared? Are you prepared for the pit? The pit stops of life. Are you prepared to, to go through the times of being on the sidelines or the times of the detours? Are you prepared? There was a story from Bangladesh about a bunch of children. About 30 different children, I think it was. And back in 2007, there had been a cyclone that had come through Bangladesh. And had, the people weren't prepared. It had caused a lot of havoc. Bad enough to have a cyclone, but even worse if you're not ready, if you're not prepared. But, but there was something that came, a tropical event, they called it, that came about about six years later in 2013. But during those six years, there were these children, 30 or more of them, as part of a program of preparing other children in case there was an event, like if the lights were to go out and unexpectedly. <laughs> or come back up. They were preparing the other children and, and they would teach them little songs and they would tell little folk stories and they would have mock drills and they would do all of the things that they needed to do, little skits they would use, all the things to help the children to understand the early warning signs that maybe an event, a tropical event was coming. They were making sure everybody was prepared. They trained in first aid and they did all that they needed to do to be prepared for the next storm. I propose to you this morning that those children, 30 or more of them, a couple of them were spokespersons, a 17-year-old and a 13-year-old that just spoke a very sensible mindset about, you know, the storm is going to come, but we're going to be ready the next time. I propose to you that these children had a very fresh, healthy perspective on life. 
They didn't say we're moving away to avoid this, right? They didn't say there's not going to be problems that are going to come in the future and we're just going to kind of live with our heads in the sand. They said, all right, we're going to get prepared. We're going to be ready next time. And I want to preach to us as a congregation, as Christians, let's be ready next time. Let's be ready when God is working in our lives and we come to a chapter that's not exactly the chapter we had planned for. We come into a season that it's not exactly the way we would have done things or how we would have lived. Let's be prepared next time. Let's have a fresh, healthy mindset to know that in this life, we're going to have some obstacles. We're going to have some ups. We're going to have some downs. But God is with us. God is faithful. God is working in us. And let's be prepared. Let's be prepared. So I close this morning with my pit stop preparedness kit for you. I won't charge any extra for this today. Pit stop preparedness kit. One is this. Learn in every state, in every condition, to be content. What did Paul say? Paul said, I have learned to be content. Right? Basically, he was saying, in the good times and the bad times, I'm content. Paul, when he was shipwrecked, he was content. Paul, when he was leading people to Christ and having great fruit in ministry that he saw immediately, he was content. He learned in every state of life, be content. And I think if we would rest in the Holy Spirit, if we would rest in our personal relationship with the Lord, if we would rest upon the Word of God, we won't get too high on the mountaintops and we won't get too low. Is that all right this morning? Too low in the valleys. But we can rest in the Lord and be content in whatever state we find ourselves in. That's one. Number two, I like this one because I'm a singer. I'm a wannabe. I'm a wannabe singer. I like to try to sing. Cultivate a heart of worship now. Can I say it a different way? Have a song in your heart. Have a song in your heart. Have a go-to song in your heart. And when the rain starts coming down or when the wind starts beating against the window or when you're awakened in the middle of the night and you don't know what to do, have a song in your heart. Have it on your autoplay. Have a song down deep in your heart. Have it now. Have it as your go-to so that when the bad times come, you can have a heart of worship that you've already ready to worship God no matter what. Already have that song in your heart. Learn to be content in every state. Have a song in your heart. Cultivate a heart of worship right now. Thirdly, hide God's word in your heart and mind. The psalmist said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against God. He also said, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. I will hide it in my heart that I might not sin against God. Hide God's word in your heart right now. So that when the calamity comes or when the pit stop comes or when the confusion comes, the word is there and you can stand on the promises of God. Amen. And number four, maintain an eternal perspective. What did the old hymn writer say? This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue my Lord's expecting me, and this one thing I know, I fixed it up with God a long, long time ago. You see, this world, there's another song that I don't want to get adjusted to this world. I've got a home that's so much better. I want to go there sooner or later. Maintain an eternal perspective of living. Everything we see is temporary. 
Every moment is temporary. Every moment is fleeting. But there is an eternity that is beyond this life. And that's my goal. Is that your goal this morning? I want to live in glory one day. By and by. Eternal state of living. Living with eternity in mind. I think about little Betty. Yeah, that been seeing at the hospital this week and probably not too much longer she's going to get her promotion leave this world behind somebody called me this morning and was giving me an update and along those lines of where things stood and she wants to live you know we have something on the inside of us right that we want to we want to live even though we know how great heaven is, even though we know how great it's going to be to be in the presence of the Lord, we, there's something in us we want to live, but there's going to come a time when we're going to lay all of this down. And you see, she's just a few days away from her healing. When you think about eternity, when you think about what it means to be in the presence of God, when you think about a, a glorified body, when you think about what the heavenly existence is and will be throughout the eons of time, and we think about eternity, it makes this fleeting life just pass away. Live with eternity in mind. One day I'm going to just lay down and leave this world, and I'm going to live in eternity. But right now, while I'm still here, I want to do everything I can to take everybody I can with me. I want to do everything I can to help somebody and bless somebody along this way. And when I get there, I can hear him say, well done, good, faithful servant. How about you this morning? I want to live with an eternal perspective. Would you stand with me today? Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes as the praise team comes and gets in going to say get in condition, get in place this morning. Let's pray together. Lord, God, we just thank you for the word of God. God, we just give you praise right now, Lord, that we don't have to, to be affected necessarily and pulled down by this world around us. But Lord, we are living with eternity in mind. We are laying up our treasures in that home to come. We are trusting, fully trusting in your love. God, we are living with eternity in mind. And Lord, calls us to be a faithful people. Calls us to be a people of integrity. Calls us to be a people, Lord, that knows that you're watching out for us, but you're also watching us. Let us be faithful to you, true and faithful. And Lord, just remind us before we leave this place today of your faithfulness and your goodness. And yes, we are going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And we're going to see your faithfulness in the land of the living. And if it takes a few trials to get there, so be it. If it takes a few obstacles, so be it. We are more than conquerors through you who loved us. And Lord, I thank you that when the race is run, that we can lay down our life and we can say, I have fought the good fight and I have kept the faith. I have finished the course. And now there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness that fades not away. I thank you, Lord, for the hope in this life and in the life to come. And I pray this morning we would leave this house encouraged by the word of God and by the power of the Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. This altar is open this morning if you want to pray or you need prayer, if you need to accept the Lord as your personal Savior. But as they're singing, 
Let's worship. Let's pray. Let's maintain an atmosphere even as the Holy Spirit is with us even right now.